Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. I can't believe that we've reached the season nine finale. It feels like just a few weeks ago, I was covering the cave paintings as Lesko. For this episode, I'm going to be talking about The Two Fridas by Frida Kahlo. It's one of my personal favorite works and the first piece I'll be discussing that was painted by a female artist. It's a self-portrait filled with symbolism and reflection. I do want to make one note before we get started, though. Unfortunately, the Western canon is dominated by white males, so it's taken me quite a while to reach Frida. But don't worry, I plan on creating series in the future that focuses solely on works by women artists. Now that that's out of the way, let's get started. The Two Fridas was painted by Frida Kahlo in 1939. It shows two versions of the artist, sitting in chairs and holding hands. The Frida on our left is dressed in a traditional Western European dress, while the Frida on the left is wearing a native Mexican outfit. Besides holding hands, the two women are connected by a vein between their exposed hearts. However, the quote, European Frida has cut the vein with a pair of scissors, causing drops of blood to ruin her immaculate white dress. Connected to the Mexican dressed Frida's heart by another vein is a portrait of her on-again, off-again husband, Diego Rivera. The two women are seated against a backdrop of a dark and stormy sky. The first time I saw this work was in high school in my AP art history class. My toes curled at the side of the cut vein. But in hindsight, that's what makes this a great work of art. It gave me a physical reaction and caused me to think about what she meant. Typically, I cover the artist's biography towards the end of the podcast episode. However, Frida's work, and especially this piece, are deeply personal. Therefore, I think it's important that we have an understanding of her life events before I dive into an analysis on the work. Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo e Calderon was born on July 6, 1907. Her father, Wilhelm, was German and her mother, Mathilda, was Mexican. Wilhelm was a photographer who immigrated to Mexico to explore the country through a camera lens. It was there he fell in love with Mathilda. The couple had four daughters, Mathilda, Adriana, Frida, and Cristina. The family lived in La Casa Azul in Keokokan, one of the historic neighborhoods of Mexico City. Frida would spend her childhood and adult life in this house, and today it has been preserved as the Frida Kahlo Museum. When Kahlo was six years old, she contracted polio. Although she survived, her right foot and leg were left permanently damaged, and she walked with a limp for the rest of her life. This would be the start of a plethora of health issues. In 1922, Kahlo enrolled at the renowned National Preparatory School. This was a huge accomplishment, essentially since she was one of only a handful of girls to attend this school. While here, she explored her love of science and politics. Eventually, this led Kahlo to not only dream of becoming a physician, but also joining the Young Communist League and the Mexican Communist Party. These plans were derailed on September 17, 1925. That day, Kahlo and Alejandro Gomez Arias, her boyfriend at the time, were traveling together on a bus when it collided with a streetcar. This next part may be disturbing for some listeners, so if you're a little squeamish, I recommend skipping the next 10 seconds or so. Kahlo was impaled by a handrail. It went through her hip and came out the other side. Her spine was broken in three places, her pelvis shattered, her uterus was torn, and a variety of small bones were also broken. Due to the severity of her injuries, Kahlo was in the hospital on bed rest for two to three months. During that time, she had to wear a plastic corset to help support the healing process. The rest did allow Kahlo some time to explore her childhood interest in art. 
She'd studied it in the past, but had focused more on science because of her medical aspirations. In 1929, Frida Kahlo married fellow artist Diego Rivera. Twenty years her senior, the two had met seven years before while Kahlo was in school. The couple moved around to the United States, following Rivera's commissions for a while, but then eventually settled back in Mexico City. The couple were known for their non-traditional marriage. They lived apart sometimes and also had separate artist studios. Rivera had numerous affairs, including with Kahlo's younger sister, Christina. Kahlo suffered a devastating miscarriage in 1934, which only added to the tension between husband and wife. In 1937, Leon Trotsky and his wife Natalia moved in with the couple after their request for asylum from the Soviet Union was granted. Rivera and Kahlo were instrumental in this. It's believed by many historians that Kahlo and Trotsky had an affair. In fact, after he was assassinated, Kahlo was arrested and placed in jail for two days before it was clear that she had nothing to do with it. Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera divorced in 1939. However, that separation did not last. They remarried in 1940, but the pair never remained faithful to each other. Rivera continued his series of affairs, as did Kahlo. She had relationships with both men and women and was considered bisexual. Throughout her life, Rita Kahlo was plagued with health problems stemming from her childhood polio, the bus accident, and severe alcoholism. There was an attempted surgery to stabilize her spine, but it was considered a failure and caused her even more pain. After her father died in 1941, Kahlo plunged into a deep depression. She tried to cope by continuing her political activism and pouring her pain and emotions into art. The last years of her life were difficult. Kahlo lost her right leg at the knee in 1953. Six months later, she attempted suicide by overdose after hearing of another of Rivera's affairs. On July 13, 1954, Frida Kahlo died of a pulmonary embolism. Kahlo was relatively out unknown outside of Mexico until the 1970s when an interest in non-Western art became more pronounced. Today, she has become an icon of Mexican culture, feminism, feminist art, and the LGBTQ community. Her works have helped many understand her culture and unique perspective on life. Wow, that was a lot of info. Next, I'm going to present a deep dive into this work of art. But first, let's take a quick break. Annalisa, and I'm the founder of Accessible Art History. As a part of my content offerings, I produce a podcast. For the first several seasons, I will be discussing 50 objects that shape the history of Western art. From prehistoric cave paintings to contemporary art, I'll be covering it all. The podcast was designed for everyone, from the casual couch historian to a museum's expert. It all fits within the larger mission of Accessible Art History to create a space for art history lovers, students, and anyone who is curious to explore all periods of art history and human creation. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure to follow the Instagram page for all updates at accessible.art.history. Let's dive into the symbolism of the two Fridas. The first is quite obvious, the two sides of Frida Kahlo. She's a woman split between two cultures. Her father was Western European and her mother was Mexican. Although she was raised in Mexico City, there was still a part of her that was European. They were connected and created the whole person. The dark clouds in the background are a symbol of Kahlo's struggle with her mental health. At the time she painted this work, her marriage to Rivera was at a particular low point and they divorced the same year. 
but he was still highly influential in her life. In fact, Rivera encouraged her to wear a traditional Mexican garb and explore her heritage. Finally, it is important to note that both Fridas are of the same size and occupy the same amount of space in the work. This shows that Frida Kahlo considered both sides of her as separate parts, but equal in importance. It shows the viewer exactly the way she saw herself at this point in her life. One of the most important symbols in the two Fridas is the use of blood. It flows between the two women, connecting them in the most visceral of ways. However, the European dress Frida has cut the vein. This shows her pain and suffering. The blood drips on her dress, staining the white fabric. This is also an indicator of her pain and suffering. The Mexican dress Frida holds a portrait of Diego Rivera. The, quote, frame is actually a vein running from her heart. He is literally connected to her heart. In addition, Kahlo often uses blood and veins to show unity. There are a few portraits she painted showing her family, all connected by veins. This shows us how she saw the two sides of herself as a part of the same union. Frida Kahlo is quite famous for her numerous self-portraits. Even today, we can see her image plastered on all kinds of items. In these works, her face and its expression rarely change. It's a background and other things that change. This gives us an understanding of her emotions at the time of the works that they were painted. Kahlo is almost always showing herself wearing traditional Mexican dress. It's a political statement showing her support for the land that she loved. I think she put it best when she said, quote, I never painted dreams. I painted my own reality. The Two Fridas is a dual self-portrait that is filled with rich symbolism and personal introspection. It helps us to understand the mind of one of the most important artists in art history. And that's a wrap on season nine. I'm going to take a short break to work on season 10. Season will focus a bit more on 20th century art and a bit on 21st century pieces. So keep an eye out on Instagram at accessible.art.history for the season premiere announcement. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.